Hello, you are listening to the Curator Podcast, Season 2, Episode 6. An interview with Ben Weinman from Dungeon Escape Plan. So Ben, we meet again. How the devil are you? I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed you. I've been waiting for this day for many, many years now. Years, was literally. Fast. Yeah. It was 2015, so it was a year Holy and a half. shit. I was a mere 39 years old. Wow, and then... Young chap. Now time, time happened. <laughs> Just a ignorant, young, precocious, full of wonderment. And at that time yeah. also, yeah. Kind of a bit strung out on interviews that day as well, I think. Yeah. yeah, I like doing an interview with you. Well, yeah, because we, we didn't want to ask you the same fucking questions everyone else was going to ask you, so, you know. Yeah, well, you know what? I usually just random. I, I, you know, if you don't like the question, change it. Yeah. That's what they always say, right? Be sensible about it, yeah. That's what we do in Dillinger. So let's talk about Dillinger, because that's why we're here. This is, the, this is the reason we've come together again for, for our second glorious meeting, which will obviously be rendered in fate forever and ever and ever. Um, <laughs> Been fielding a ton of fucking questions about it's the last ever tour, man. It's the last ever record. Um, now that you've been living with that for a bit, have you kind of got used to the idea? Uh, yeah, you used to the idea of the of the of the disbandment. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think that um, obviously, you know, we had to sit with it and get kind of used to it even before people knew, because we knew it would be a barrage of questions and all kinds of things happening around that, but um. I think by the time it was announced, we had already sat with it and kind of prepared ourselves for the for the next, you know, year or two of preparing for that last show or whatever. So, how do you feel like now that every single show is closer to the last? Does that like do you think about that a lot? Like what you're going to do, like when it's done? You know, not as much as you'd think, and um, we don't have a like final last show booked. We're trying to figure it out because I'd really like to tie it up in 2017 especially since I got this tattoo and I don't want to have to cover it over <laughs> it's a 1997 to 2017 nice 20 years yeah um, good road number yeah I want to make it otherwise I'll my fucking obsessive compulsion will go nuts but um uh it's kind of thing where like after the shows now because it's not no show is the final show that we're playing we're just going through it you know like another tour but then afterwards, I sometimes think to myself, especially in cities we've played for years, man, I may never play in that city again. So we're, I'm not really thinking about the band being over yet, but there's times after a show that I have to like kind of do a little moment of silence and be like, man, you know, I may never play in a show in this city ever again, you know? So that's pretty crazy. That's the, I mean, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I suppose it is a bit of a lament as well because you've had lots of good times and lots of good places, and it's yeah. like, well... But also, on the other hand, you're, like, putting an end to a certain part of your life, which is, like... You said in a lot of other interviews, it's like you're growing up and moving on, you know? Um, is, there that, is there that kind of cathartic experience when you're playing live about it as well? I mean, you know, this band, it's, it's like a war. You know, every show we're just trying to get through. And... Um, 
and we're still just want to be the best band in the world when we're on stage. Like every time we play a show, we want to be the best band on a stage anywhere in the world at that time. You know, <laughs> like that's our goal still. We still feel the same way. Um, and it's kind of our focus. Like that, that takes up a lot of our mind set while we're up there. It's, a, it's very transformative and cathartic to be up there doing that with all the material, all the notes, all the new songs, all the, you know, the different landscapes and unpredictability and um, curveballs that come with playing in this band and bands in general live. So, um, like I said, I, I, I think the first show after it publicly was announced was weird because uh, we were actually in Canada and we played a show. There was two shows, we played two shows in Toronto in the same venue in a row. The first night we played, and then that next day, an article, an interview I had done announcing the final thing came out, and then it was reposted everywhere. And then we went and played in the same venue the next day with people being like, what, what? And that was weird because when it's out there, it becomes more real. So that first show, after it was announced, it was actually felt like pretty emotional in a way because it was like, whoa, this is kind of in cement now. It's been out, it's out, you know? So even though we knew for a while, it, there was definitely a difference. Since then, it's been like, we have a job to do now. Like, stop enough with that. We put out an album we're proud of and we, we have a job to do. I'm glad that doesn't, I'm glad that it's not kind of, there's no extra expectation. You don't feel that any extra expectation because it's just like, like you say, we're going out to do a job, we're going out to be the best fucking band in the world that night. Let's, let's just, let's just smash it basically every night. Yeah, totally. So, um, I had a friend of mine who wanted to, me to ask you this question and I suppose I should ask it. It's like, you've been going out there, as the tattoo says, as everyone probably knows by this point, it's 20 years. Yeah. Um, You've been going out there and, and kind of putting your body on the line every night for, for pretty much that entire time. Um, how do you... He was very curious. And I guess I'm curious about it too. It's like, how, you know, when you're in a band and you're on the road a lot, like, it, has, it does become job, it becomes like work. Yeah. How can you... How, is it difficult or is it easy or how... Is it even something you think about conjuring up that passion to just, like, give it the beans, as we say, like, every night? No, it's not hard when you're up there... Uh, it, it, I mean, it's like, you know, I think we always say, like, the time in between the shows gets harder and harder. But the shows are, again, the adrenaline and, and the goal. and the, I mean, we're a warrior. Like, we would, you know, if we fought each other, we would all fight each other to the death. You know what I mean? Like, we, you know, that's the type of people we are. We give it our all all the time. So once we're up there, it's, it's almost like I'm, I'm worried about the fact that... Um, moving forward after this last shows, there's going to be basically all time in between shows there won't be the shows because that's when we have the most difficulty we're like oh man we gotta get, try to you know prepare ourselves and fix ourselves up and try and stay in shape enough to get through another we're, we're about to be on tour for seven weeks straight like something like 45 shows straight you know that's, that's crazy especially given how active yeah in, in the dead of winter in europe you know what i mean you know, maybe in poland in february it's not enjoyable it's not comfortable no, it's not no. the best in conditions or injuries it's like wet cold exhausting and um it's weird because I know it's almost like one worry about when we stop because that's when I'm going to fall apart. You know what I mean? Like this band keeps me going, keeps me active, you know? So, um, but yeah, I've, I've certainly, yeah, as far as injuries, I, I mean, I've definitely had doctors telling me that I am a fully, uh, should be dis disability disabled, not working anymore. Like my, <laughs> my x-rays and MRIs are not 
book. Good. Like, I will not be a, a healthy older person. <laughs> you know, that am I, I know. You know, I'm pretty much like, I've sealed my fate with, uh, yeah. So I guess, I mean, with the end of the band comes, like, a, hopefully, you would hope, you would think so, like a, a new vein of creativity, something new for you to keep yourself occupied. Obviously, you've got Party Smasher. Yeah. And I know some people have asked you if Giraffe Tunnel Orchestra will be, like, the next thing, and mm-hmm. it's not really, it doesn't seem as though it's much of a concern if it will be, like, the next band yeah. so much. So have, have you thought, have you given any thought to that? Like, is it going to be more, do you think there'll be more kind of movie stuff coming out? Mm-hmm. Or do, have you given any thought to, like, what the next stage in Ben's life is going to be, like, creatively? Yeah, it's tough. Um, uh, I mean, like, so far I've just been all about accomplishing things on my... And, and creating a sustainable business out of Dillinger Escape Plan, um, when most of our peers weren't able to, like bands like that we would bring come up with, like Botch or Cave or whatever, they couldn't do it. You know, it was not... It, it not only was it difficult, um, to, you know... Uh, to live that lifestyle but financially so for us to actually make a, a, a good living and figure out how to do this and not compromise at all um, and even just be independent and now putting it out ourselves and um, is a huge accomplishment that's something that I realize is very difficult and sometimes I have trouble thinking about that because we see all these bands that like obviously suck and they're massive and when they come and they go and whatever but when you when I meet people who have been like playing music forever and they're working a job and their dream is just to play a show or I realize how lucky we are and how rare it is to be able to do what we do and um, so so now it's almost like what really hard thing can I do next yeah. that's like hard to accomplish let me try that you know so I'm always thinking what's the and, and I'm always trying things I'm always have my hands on other things and they're always hard things it's never just like get a paycheck it's always something that's extremely uh, takes a lot of passion and a lot of effort and a lot of um, blood sweat and tears and, and I've never been able to focus on any of it because I'm always leaving to go on tour Dillinger so I'm excited about the idea of focusing a little more on things like Party Smasher and you know I'm doing some management with and I'm um, you know probably going to start doing some other musical endeavors that I can have more time to work on and it may just be like I said soundtrack stuff or solo stuff or just anonymous whatever but that no one ever hears but I'm excited to have the time to put all my energies into something new because uh, Dillinger has been my like honestly I mean the Giraffe Tongue Orchestra thing was the goal was mainly just to get something else out during the time of Dillinger that's not Dillinger because I had been so um, occupied with everything Dillinger for 20 years that I've never had the ability to even do anything else so um, that was a huge accomplishment in itself. Doing that as a full-time band is not really my goal, yeah. you know. And everyone else in that band's busy as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's really loves the band. I think in some way, everybody wishes it was their main band, you know, because it's like a fresh start and it's interesting and different for everybody. Um, but I, I definitely don't. I would probably hire someone to be me. <laughs> like, I, I was like, I would have someone go out for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they were going to go do it, I'd be like... I'm gonna find some kind of stunt double or something. Yeah, yeah some somebody guy. to play, some kid to go. Yeah, on some tour. guy as good as me to play guitar to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna be like, here you go, get out there. It's interesting that you mentioned that like wanting to do something difficult. Like 
it strikes me as like you're not the kind of person that wants to do things by half. Like it's like it's got to be hard and it's got to be yeah. challenging. And so many interviews I've read and I've read lots of interviews over the years because I've been a fan. They always come back to, well, why is your music the way it is? <laughs> and, and I'm kind of like, well, why would you do that? <laughs> that kind of explains it though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not just about everybody. Everybody that's in a band wants to challenge themselves and make challenging music. I think that's pretty much. If you're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. you're doing band wrong if you're not pushing yourself. But Dallinger's music is so extreme and I don't mean like in a metal sense just like compositionally I think uh, it now makes sense to me you know that that challenge that that difficulty it's like it's like playing like I don't know like Mario or something on like super hard difficulty all the time you know it's funny well uh, Liam and I talk about it like some of the more straightforward songs because our brains are so used to being preoccupied by a lot of stimulus uh, when we're playing live even especially some of the more straightforward songs are more difficult for us because it gives our brain the opportunity to wander. And because we're so, you know, we have so much like, um, we need a lot of stimulus, you know, like uh, to, to keep busy, to keep, you know, they say, a, um, you know, bored people are boring, you know. <laughs> and um, some people say, you know, you know, people who aren't bored are boring. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if they're not bored, that means they, uh, they're too easily satisfied, you know? And so for us, like, sometimes we just get bored, you know, when there isn't, like, a tremendous amount of stimulus coming through us. And, and it gives us the opportunity to think of, like, other things that are going on in our lives. And the point of this is not to think about the other things that are going on in our lives. If I am playing a riff over and over again and I can start thinking about a problem at home, then there's something wrong. That's not, I'm not accomplishing the goal of playing music. So, so the Dillinger thing has given me the opportunity to have no space for other, it's a meditation, you know, it's a mantra. When all these things are happening and, and your brain is only like focusing on that, you don't think of anything else in your life. And that's the point for, for me, that's been the point to get my mind off of life. So, um, so I think that was a, a, a big motivation or at least, um, you know, the catalyst for creating the kind of music that we do everybody like you've you've answered the question of how you create it so many times so i'm not going to like insult you by asking it again but i mean i i I totally get that as well like even when i'm playing music and i'm on stage and it's in front of like 10 people or something Mm -hmm. there is that mind blank like it just there is like a white space almost Uh you know and like it's good to just not be anybody or really anywhere for like half an hour 45 minutes an hour you know that is meditation it is yeah and that's that's why i was doing it in the beginning and uh you know i was just going to school and doing everything you're supposed to do and just any gig i can get on a weekend like i said and like you said 10 people five people whatever was my way of getting my mind off those other things for half an hour or whatever you know you spoke a little bit about management there and and how difficult it was been for dillinger to to be a sustainable thing um, but you've managed to do it almost to the point where it kind of feels like it's been a magic trick if your if your like contemporaries couldn't do it um, is that part of the reason why you'd like to look into that kind of side of it to, to make it sustainable for other people who are doing challenging complex mm-hmm. you know not cookie cutter stuff but like stuff that the world still has to hear well for me it's like uh, I do I'm actually doing a couple like master classes at some of the the Music universities around here, um, and BIM, you know those colleges. So I'm doing a couple of those on this run and talking about that kind of thing. And for me, it's about like more about learning how to be self-sustainable and to to market your art, not necessarily to figure out how to 
Um, demo, you know? Right, right. So the point is, is like, how do you, there's a million books and a million music classes on music business, you know what I mean? But what about the business of music, you know, the business of art in general? Like, how do you sell uncompromised art? Nobody talks about that. You know, they talk about, well, if you, this is how you do Facebook or this is how you do this or whatever. But nobody talks about how do you actually market the idea that you are honest and true and you, you're actually creating something you believe in. How do you use that honesty to create a market for yourself? And so to me, Dillinger's always been about selling truth. That's what our selling, like, we're not gonna, we haven't followed trends. We haven't, we've survived through all the fireworks and all the ups and downs of all these trends. We've seen bands go up and down and all these things and, and we've just kept slowly going like this. And we may never even be up high or have been up high some of those bands, but we're still good, like just on our own plane, just going that way. All these bands are like doing all this stuff over here. We're just like, you know, and so that's kind of like what I feel like I know about, you know. It's important, it is important knowledge to share because there, there are lots of people who do, who, who go, maybe start in the same position as Dillinger, but then they kind of want that self-sustainability and they do feel as though innately that they must compromise in some way just in order to get the, the bills paid or, you know, to, to get the next yeah. meal, you yeah. know, and that's quite sad in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, a few, some people are able to succeed with that and, um, but very few are, you know. So, uh, um, and everybody does things they regret, no matter what. Yeah. And everybody does things they didn't realize why they did them, and it's kind of in retrospect they kind of figure it out later, or whatever. And so everybody does things that end up not working for them, or whatever. But I mean, for us, we've realized that just doing things our own way and um, kind of creating our own rule book is what people like about us. That's like one of the things people like about us. So. So to change that would be like going against our biggest selling point, you know? Well, uh, Ben, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Oh, um, thank you very much, Ben. Thank you, man. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a second to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can do that by hitting the subscribe button in whatever podcasting app that you're using. I'd also really appreciate it if you could share this on Twitter or Facebook. And just generally tell your friends about this pretty cool podcast thing that I'm doing. I've been your host, Mark Fraser. You can find out more information about this podcast at www.thecuratorpodcast.com. Until next time, bye-bye.